Welcome to I Love This Thing So Freaking Much, a podcast about passion. My name is Sophie Katz, and today I am joined by Jada Johnstone, a writer and immersive storyteller. Welcome to the show, Jada. Thanks so much for having me on. Oh, thanks for being here. So here's how this works. Jada will have three minutes to talk about something that she loves. This can be a person, place, thing, concept, activity, anything she wants. Our only requirement is that she loves it wholeheartedly and wants to tell us why. Are you ready, Jada? I think so. Good. Got my timer here. Now, what do you love so freaking much? I really love immersive theater. So I know it's kind of a broad term, but I really do mean that I love all of it. I love any production in which the typical audience experience is disrupted in some way. You know, I, I love shows that make you look all around you. I love shows where you don't have to sit still. I love shows that really bring the audience in and directly acknowledge them as part of the story. But I also love that as more artists and companies are starting to venture into this realm, that it, there's almost like a spectrum that's being created. It's so hard to put them all together on a timeline, like in my head. But, you know, you have you can start off with shows like Great Comet, where, you know, like the audience experience is messed with a little bit, where the seating arrangements are a little weird and there's performers at all corners of the theater and the audience is interacted with, but they're still sitting. But then you go a step further and you have immersive guys and dolls in the West End where the audience is standing and they might get handed a prop or pulled into a conversation. You go another step further and you have punch drunk shows like The Burnt City where the audience doesn't get to talk but they get to roam this big world and they're in control of the stories that they see. And then you go another step further and you have shows like Swamp Motel's St. Jude where now you're isolated away from the rest of the audience and you're told that you're the main character and you get to choose how the story ends. And this isn't even like a perfect line of progression but there's so many other shows that I've seen that I'm fascinated by that can very easily slot in here. I mean, you can go down a whole other progression with timing with shows like Jury Duty being only an hour to Galactic Stalkers are being two days. The point that I'm trying to get here is that this is an art form that's constantly getting experimented with, and it's one that's adaptable to different audiences so that everyone gets to play in a way that feels right to them. It's such an intriguing field, and why I love it is that to me, it just feels like the ultimate form of storytelling. I did my undergrad in narrative arts, and throughout that, we do the readings, things like the storytelling animal and other books like that. And the idea that I latched onto is this idea of storytelling being rooted in play. We played pretend as kids, but we didn't learn how to do that we just did it and then one day we stopped and we let the stories get told to us rather than us telling the stories ourselves but because we used to do that at some point it's what makes immersive feel so natural and in many ways immersive is kind of like doing that again but almost aged up to match where we are in our lives now so we maybe don't feel as silly to participate in it it's where we started and it's where we'll come back to so that's what I love so freaking much (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you for telling me about immersive theater today. Of course. So how did your interest in immersive theater begin? That's a little bit of a windy road. I will try to keep that as short as possible. I want to say it's always been since I was a kid. I've always been intrigued with that idea of being able to step into a story and directly participate in a story. I grew up going to the Disney parks a lot. But, you know, like as a kid, you would go to the parks and you would see the way that they have these full worlds that they flesh out. You'd go on rides and you go see shows and you kind of start to think that that's the be all and end all. And then for me, as I got older and I started really learning about the industry, which I think is in large part in due to my mom because of the fact that she was the person who first taught me about things like ARGs. Mm -hmm. And that's really what started to lead me down that path of understanding what the immersive industry is and starting to understand other immersive productions beyond Disney. ARGs would be augmented reality games? Alternate reality games, yeah. 
And that that is something that I think I do have some interest in as well. But I think I very quickly realized that I do very much like the immersive theater format in the sense of I do like having an experience that you go to to a place. And, and ARGs do include that. But I like the idea of having sort of like a, a time box experience of like, okay, on this day, we're going to go transport ourselves into another world for like three hours. Absolutely. And arguably, any theatrical experience, any any storytelling experience, you pick up a book, mm-hmm. in a way you are teleported to that world, even though you are objectively just sitting in your chair reading the book. However, this whole scale of immersive theater experiences that you've described can really take you out of the chair and in some cases, quite literally put you into another world. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't want to bash on other types of storytelling. I never want anybody to think that I find other types of storytelling to be not as good or not as worthy. Because I think that there is something to be said that people engage with stories in different ways. People have different preferences of how they'd like to engage in a story. And not everybody's going to want to necessarily do immersive. Not everybody's going to necessarily want to step into something. They might be more comfortable sitting back and watching something. And that's totally fine. I don't want to tell anybody that they're wrong for that. But I just like the idea that that is an option. Mm -hmm. I like having the option to be able to say, hey, I really like the world that this book is set in. I want to go there. I want to see that for myself. I want to live in that world for a little bit. It's like how not everyone enjoys reading choose your own adventure books, but there are people who do. And so that's why they ought to exist. Exactly. It's the same thing. I did like that progression you described, that it's the way the audience is experiencing the story from being seated far away from the story, seated inside the story, standing inside the story, which is a difference. And then to the point of roaming, but not having any impact on it to the point of having a real impact on it. Can you talk more about those immersive experiences where you can have that real impact on the story around you? I've had the pleasure of this year alone getting to see so many incredible shows, especially ones where, yeah, your actions do impact the story. And it's the kind of thing where you really feel those shows on an emotional level because of the fact that those types of shows really let you drive the narrative. And they really emphasize the fact that nothing in it is happening unless you made a particular choice. I kind of mentioned Jury Duty. That one I, I know is one that kind of stuck with me. My mom, when we played it, just to kind of give a small description, that one is pretty self-explanatory. You've been called to do Jury Duty and the point of the show is you have this person who you have to decide by the end of the show whether or not he's guilty of the crimes that he supposedly committed Mm -hmm. and you feel it you feel the emotions of that show because you know you have evidence in front of you saying that he likely did it and then you get to speak to the actual person and he's telling you that he didn't and you kind of have to make that choice of I'm deciding this person's life. Like, I'm the one who's deciding what's going to happen to him for the rest of his days. Even if it's fictional, you still feel it. And I just think that stories like that where you have an impact on the ending, or even if you just have an impact on like a particular scene, it really just makes it feel all the more real when that happens. And I feel like it really opens the door for audiences to feel a sort of attachment to a story in a way that they might not feel with other pieces of media. 
it seems to me that it demands the audience to think about it in a different way, in a more deeper way. Because certainly there are so many crime and law and order sorts of shows where you watch the trial and yeah, you think about it, but you don't have anything to do with it. But when it's you in there and you're actually going to need to make a decision about the evidence that's presented in this story, now you're engaging with the evidence in a whole new way. And because your choice matters, the story matters even more. Yeah, it gives the audience a personal stake in the story. And so that's what I think people latch on to. Is there anything that you don't like about immersive theater? And if so, how do you handle that? The one thing that I think I don't like about immersive theater, and I feel like this is going to be contentious, I think people might not agree with me on this, is that I don't like that a lot of immersive theater is set up in a way that you are not allowed to take any photos or videos. For an art form like this, where, you know, I encounter so many people who don't really know what this is. They don't really know that immersive theater is a thing or even just immersive in general. They don't know a whole lot about it. And I feel like it would be so much easier to get people to understand why this thing is so cool if we could show people what we saw. Mm-hmm. To go back to Star Cruiser, you know, that's something where that was a very unique experience because that was something where, yeah, you know, like photos and videos were allowed and even encouraged. And I remember I posted a lot of my photos and videos from both times that I did Star Cruiser on my Instagram story. And I had so many people messaging me being like whoa I didn't know this existed this looks so cool I want to go there and you look at experiences like the Brent City which I mentioned earlier that's one where I love that show so much (laughs) it altered my brain chemistry but that's one where you have to lock your phone they put your phone in a pouch and you can't access it for the entire show and there's so many things in there that I want to take pictures of there was a particular scene in that show that I needed somebody to understand why I was so crazy about it so I had to make art of it I had to draw it to get that person to understand why it was so cool and while I think that that is still a valid way of expressing your emotions about an experience I still think it would have been cool if I could have just showed that person what it was that I was talking about What kind of reasons are given for why photos and videos would not be allowed in an experience like this? So the big one that I think a lot of people tend to lean to is the idea of phones taking you out of the experience. There's a lot of people who have concerns about the fact that if an audience has their phone, that they're going to be on their phone and they're not going to be paying attention to what's happening in front of them, which I will agree is fair. That could happen. But that being said, I also do feel like sometimes people should have a little bit more trust in their audiences because my personal feeling is if the audience is engaged, they'll put their phone down. They won't be on their phone the whole time if they're interested in what's happening. And all of these shows, all of these shows that don't allow you to have your phones in, they're all incredible shows. They're all amazing. And they are all shows that absolutely anybody who walks through those doors, they will be immediately captivated by, regardless if they have their phones on them or not. You referred to immersive theater before as a very experimental art form, that there's lots of different things that it could be and we're still figuring it out. It sounds like there's a lot of room to grow and learn and explore in how the phone can become a part of the experience or at the very least a part of how do we market this experience? How do we get other people to understand what this experience is? Because you're right, it is difficult to explain, but can be so impactful on people. And sometimes you need to see it in order to believe it. Yeah, absolutely. It's a tough conversation. And I, and you know, I don't want to recognize my personal place in this conversation. I 
recognize that I am someone who is very new to the industry. I am still finding my footing. I have not been in this game as long as other people have. But I think to an extent, you know, that I do have a different perspective than maybe those people would have. And these are my personal feelings on the matter. And I recognize that not everybody's going to agree with it. But I do think it is something that should be considered. Absolutely. And that's one of the fun things about being new at something is you don't necessarily know the quote unquote, the way it's always been done and why it's always been done. So you get to come in and ask, well, why is it like that? And what if we did something else? Yeah, that's definitely the fun part of this. It's the the fun part of trying to make my career in this is really trying to understand the anatomy of the industry and trying to understand why things are done. And then also get to identify the things of like, well, why are we still doing stuff like that? And then you get to be a part of the great experiment. Exactly, exactly. Jada, thank you so much for telling us about something you love today. Oh, thank you so much. This was so much fun. I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. If you'd like to learn more about immersive theater, you can find a link to Jada's favorite immersive-related website, No Proscenium, in the episode description. And if you have something you love so freaking much you want to tell me all about it, consider this your invitation to join the show. I Love This Thing So Freaking Much is a production of Through the Window Media. This episode was directed and edited by Sophie A. Katz. You can find us at Through the Window on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or Tumblr. That is T-H-R-O-U, the window, at all those social media sites. Be good to yourself, be kind to each other, and you'll hear from us again soon.